If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment, and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and need a helping hand, or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your cut flower woman. Welcome to the Cut Flower Podcast. So um, I'm joined today by Katie Colella, and we came across each other in business. And I thought that Katie would be really good to have a chat today about business strategy, business visibility, and aimed at flower farmers and who traditionally struggle with the whole social media visibility, lives on Instagram, all of that sort of thing. Um, and so I thought it'd be great to introduce you to Katie, because Katie and I have been working together for a while. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey, Katie, and where you are today and about the work you do. What are you up to? Hi, Ross. Thanks for having me. Um, so I am in sunny South Wales today, which is nice for a change. And um, I am currently working as a business mentor and strategist and Facebook ads manager um, my entrepreneurial journey started quite young. I started my first business at 18. And apart from a few years of my 20s, I've been self-employed all of that time. So I've seen the huge growth of kind of social media um, and the big changes that we've seen in online business along that way. And it's still rapidly obviously changing and evolving and growing and so forth. So I've seen it all in that time. I've grown and started multiple businesses in service um, as I am now in product online offline I've kind of done all the different things and I think for me they're they're kind of part of the accumulation that have taken me and got me to where I am now which is you know I absolutely adore what I do now and I've never been happier because it's very much about that freedom for me and having the business that works for me um, in a way that suits me and in my style of success yeah and and you know, working for yourself is all about, isn't it, about flexibility and making sure that business works for you. I always say that to flower farmers. It is. If you don't want to work weekends, don't do weddings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or, or flower markets or, you know, you're much yeah. better sticking to a funeral market or to a local bouquet delivery market. Work out what the business, you want the business to do for you and then work from there onwards. Otherwise, work it around doing that. things you don't really want to do. Everything. <laughs> Absolutely. I've totally been there as well. You know, I, my last business um, that I sold about six years ago, I think now, I started it from nothing. It was all about having that flexibility and freedom around my then very young children. You know, it absolutely took over my life. I'd be on holiday occasionally. I'd still have be having to work every day from even if it was only for a couple of hours, I'd be very on it. And whilst I wasn't in that business and working on it, very, very um, you know, all day, every day, you could see the sales slip in. So I would always be like, oh, I need to do something, even though I'm on holiday. I remember vividly walking around um, the Medina in Marrakesh and one of my staff phoning me and being like, oh, this has happened. And, you know, you're having this breakdown in a different country. So that was very much I've been there and done the business that didn't work for me. Although on paper it was super successful and it, it ticked all the boxes of what people would deem as being a successful business it wasn't working for me and I totally fell out of love with it because the reason I'd started the flexibility and freedom ended up being the complete opposite so yeah I am very much about setting your businesses out as you mean to go on in a way that works for you and I know sometimes we have to do the things that are not ideal but on the whole I think if you can get to the stage where 
it's 99% in alignment and a way that suits you. That's, you know, that's the ideal. That's what we're chasing. That's what we, we set out to be when we set out to be a business owner. So talk to me about business visibility and what that actually means. So visibility for me, consistent visibility, and I will insert that word because we can all be visible when it suits and we can take and leave it. And then we go through phases where we're super visible. It's about being consistently visible, not constantly, but consistently visible and showing up in the places that our ideal clients show up. And I absolutely believe it is the backbone for having a successful business. You can be the world's best kept secret. You can be amazing at what you do. If you're not visible, no one even knows you exist. And it is hugely, hugely important to build a successful business. Um, my previous business is totally built off the back of visibility, using social media, email marketing, ads. And without any of that, I wouldn't have been able to grow it to where it got to. Simple fact of the matter. So visibility in whichever style that suits you and suits your ideal clients, I feel that it has to suit you and your personality. It has to be something you kind of enjoy even if it's pushing those boundaries initially, um, but it also has to be in those places where your ideal clients hang out. Because if you're going visible in the wrong places, it's probably not going to kind of benefit you in the long term. Yeah, your clients and drawing them and naming them and absolutely. And you know the objections, what keeps them up at night, their pain points, the gaps, where they are now, where they want to be. And I think it's one of those exercises that as business owners, lots of courses and programs we've done over the years go back to the ideal client. And it's one of those, I think a lot of people roll their eyes at and say, oh, I've done this a million times. But it actually is super important because if you don't know who you're talking to, your messaging is going to be off. Um, Everything you're talking about is going to be off. And again, that visibility piece is going to be out of alignment a little bit. So everything goes back to the ideal client. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and with flower farmers, that's working that one out as well, because they, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not we're not right for every every customer. We define who that's going to be. And we go and, you know, obviously personally I draw them name them write about them what do they yeah. need where do they go where do they go on holiday well what do they have everything everything yeah. um and that allows us to to get the messaging right but I think that's quite difficult I mean what, what happens with a lot of flower farmers and people mm-hmm. I've worked with is that they they are really 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 good at growing really good and they they do have the best kept secret in the world because they have the best yeah. flowers in the world and it's how they then get that to market in whatever that looks like. It's a real struggle because it's not their forte generally. They haven't come from a background in marketing. Mm-hmm. They haven't come from a background in business strategy. So it's like, okay, well, we have an Instagram, you know, they generally have an Instagram account and some Facebook accounts. But where would you start if you if they've set up this flower farm and they've started growing all these beautiful flowers and it looks fabulous? What next? Where's their visibility piece? Where do they start? I think it's a mixture of different things that, again, can work for you. Going back to having a strategy, like you said, I work with an awful lot of creative people, so I completely understand that they, they'll they start a business and then the business element is missing from that. They have the skills, they have um, you know, the outcome, they know what they're doing in terms of the business side of things, sorry, you know, the product or the service, but they don't necessarily have the skills to get the business side of it or grow that business and getting visibility and so forth so for me there's a few different things that I tend to concentrate on recommend I would have a strategy or a plan so if you're kind of going into these things blind and you're winging it a little bit um, and I've been there and winged certain elements of my business over over the years but have something written down 
even if it is loose, even if it's not set in stone, you know, there's more than one destination to a journey, but you must know where you're heading and work backwards from that. Um, if it is in terms of social media, you're absolutely going to have to have a social media presence. Goes back to the ideal clients, where are your ideal clients? Um, probably Instagram. Um, I would say without knowing everyone's ideal clients, just based on that loosely, um, maybe Facebook. So find out where they are, where they're hanging out, learn as much as you can about them. And you need to start showing up in these different places. So you're always going to start. I always recommend starting out as you mean to go on. So a lot of clients will come to me. They've been in business quite a while and they haven't got any freebies. They haven't got any sales funnels set up. They haven't got a process for staying in contact with people and nurturing people goes back to the strategy. If there is no strategy in place, you don't really know what you're doing before you know it. A year's gone by, you still haven't got any funnels in place. You still haven't started growing that email list, which is super important because we don't own social media. And I do think social media work hand in hand with um, email automations and growing that email list. They're the way that you can stay in contact with people. And it's just another way of staying up. And it's all these touch points. Um, So depending on what you read, 22 to 27 touch points before someone is likely to buy it from you. So it just goes back again to that visibility and showing up in the right places. But having that strategy, even if it's just a tick box exercise, I'm going to show up on stories every day and show something behind the scene, which I'm going to feed from Instagram through to Facebook. I'm then going to show up on my feed three times a day. And sometimes if you just have that written down in a bit of a plan and you'll check, you know, it's a checklist or you'll, you'll, ticking this off as you go you're more likely to stick to something if you have got a plan in place um sharing your knowledge and your values your personality you know people buy people so show up as you and that's one of the main things i would say no matter what you're doing with the visibility don't try and change who you are don't try and put on an accent don't try and change who you are your knowledge or your you know if you're out there and wacky and extrovert then show up as that person if you're quiet and meek um very elegant show up as that person don't try and change anything because it's really hard going down then, you know, six months later trying to stay in this personality and that persona. So always be yourself. Show up with your ideal clients are, which we spoke about before. Um, if there are different groups, you can share your knowledge. If you're utilizing ads, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Google, whatever, have a bit of a strategy around that. And don't necessarily look at it as the be all and end or in terms of putting the thing in front of people and then them buying that thing. There needs to be you know, a nurture and rapport building with that as well. So ads can be a bit of a longer game. We are seeing things change in that kind of online landscape. People are taking longer to make decisions. Um, So it might just be a case ads for your strategy, helping you be visible, even when you're not feeling up to it or you don't want to show up. At least your ads are still showing up in front of people and nurturing people by sharing the story, sharing your value, your knowledge. So they're still working for you, even when you're not necessarily feeling up to it. Um, I'd absolutely 100% recommend leveraging other people's audiences. So, you know, make connections, network, whether that's online or, you know, you prefer in person, whatever that is, build your audience of connections and your your um, people you can work with and help each other, not just for making connections as a tick box exercise, but to actually work together, whether it's going to be masterclasses and helping people out in that sense, sharing your knowledge with their audience and vice versa. You're going to grow your network um, and you're going to naturally attract people that way as well. Um, So if you've got other business owners potentially where you can, you know, very much build a bit of a community or work together, collaborate together, Um, and get in front of those audiences can be absolutely huge. 
Um, and it also gives you the practice and the confidence. So I think you mentioned earlier, a lot of people, you know, don't like going live and stuff. And I, I hear that constantly, constantly get told about get, going live and it being an issue. Um, and all I can say to that is keep practicing. Like, I never watch any video back that I record. I never have done. I just, once it's done, it's done. I can't change it. You can't change all the ums and the ohs and the oh. I sound really high pitched and loud and Welsh. Well, I am those things. So I can't change it. So I, I just don't believe in watching it back. That's not for everybody. Some people have different strategies, but do what you know feels comfortable to you. Once it's done, it's out there. I think the biggest issue for me with going live and things like that, I was always quite comfortable doing it in front of other people's audiences when it came to going live on my own page or or something it was more of a blocker because friends and family are there and they kind of even though I've always been self-employed it was still for a long time this big blocker of mine so I completely understand it but just practice set up a group with you and a friend or a couple of friends and practice and then just do it just press go you know start off small you could do um, set yourself a little target you could go live every day for seven days and just share one little tip a day and it is you know that old thing of just using your brain and stretching that brain matter and that muscle and before you know it it does become a little bit more second nature and then you wonder what you know you've you've put off for that six months a year two years whatever it is so keep showing up I would say yeah I think and also with flower farmers and cut flowers it's a beautiful product I mean yeah exactly product that's beautiful and you've got this most amazing beautiful product so it's very easy to say these are my top flowers this month or these yes yeah looms this week or this is what I'm going to be cutting today or here's the bucket I've just produced or and, and um, I always say to people carry your phone with you all the time yeah absolutely that's a good tip a little belt and carry it and just take video of everything yeah absolutely everything. and like you said it's so like my last business was product and I had lots it was like shabby chic homeware and stuff and there was I used to hide behind the product which was fine to a certain extent because at least it was there and again like you said it used to sell itself because it was pretty it was what everyone wanted for their homes. And again, with the flowers, it's like the behind the scenes element of that is huge because you're always doing stuff behind the scenes. You're out, you're out in the fields or, you know, whatever different elements you have in your day to day, you could literally have a spend the day with me or um, this is what I do. You know, this is what time I get up. This is how the flowers look today. You know, you can do little um, slow-mo, but sped up of a flower opening. There's so much you can do and it, it does sell itself it's all very very beautiful content which does make a difference yeah oh 100 percent. yeah and also we can show the reality so i do quite a lot <laughs> this is what is really the reality and you might be weeding and it might be mud all over the place and it's pouring with rain and then this this is the instagram reality instagram feel which yeah. is skipping through the tunnels and thinking this is just beautiful in a gingham dress and the two words, <laughs> that's quite funny. It's kind of like, okay, that's the truth. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, it is still farming. It's still sort of. It is still farming. And people resonate with that at the end of the day. And I think, you know, we're, a lot of people, we're a little bit over the whole pristine um, curated kind of content. So I absolutely adore stuff where it's kind of real, it's raw, it's behind the scenes. Exactly. Um, and especially that kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. It is my favourite sort of content to watch as well. Um, so, yeah, I think don't overthink it would be a good tip there from us, Roz, because we do give so much overthinking sometimes to things that really unnecessarily. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I never watch a video back, like you said. I go live and I don't think about it. And sometimes yeah. if I've caught a glimpse of myself, I think, oh, no. And then I've just <laughs> And because it's still all about visibility, for sure. It is. 
it is. And I think you're on about carrying your um, camera with you. I, I'm that girl that used to absolutely hate having her photo taken. Whenever someone took a photo of me, I think I was smiling nicely. You know, time the photo come out, I'd have one eye shirt. I'd be pulling a face. It was always that you could, and it was like an ongoing joke in my friendship group. You'd never get a nice photo of me. And when I started the service-based business and it was me that I had to sell, um, I really struggled initially. And then my husband kind of just was like my ongoing little paparazzi. And whenever we were in a different location or I had a little bit of lipstick on, he'd be there, right, come on, let's get a photo of you. Let's get over and done with. And that helped because then once I put a few of those out and I had this bank of images and it was on my husband to start with, it it just helped. Okay, well, they're out there now. And now, you know, it's not a case of being like, oh, look at me, I'm amazing. Well, maybe it is, but you, that's okay to own that as well. Yeah. But you have to get past the whole, you're putting yourself out there constantly. It's okay to do that um, in, when you're the business owner. And it is difficult um, initially. Yeah. yeah. But I think just do it and then... Yeah, afterwards you, you do get stronger. Our um, retreat here on the farm on the nineteenth and twentieth of August wow. for flower farmers, and it's aimed at flower farmers. Um, and um, we're going to have a sort of professional little brand shoot while they're here, so they'll do a big tour nice. of installation, and they'll end up with some imagery because that's also it. It's also about staging some imagery as well and having some brand backup photographs yep. that you can use when everything else is not going great, and you can use what you've got in your back pocket. Absolutely. I think that's quite And also, you know, when the person when person A is having that done, person B can be sharing the behind the scenes and setting up and changing outfits and all the rest of it. So there's multiple levels of content going on as well, I think, for that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. A clothes route with all the clothes on it. Um, yes. <laughs> so tell us about your current business then, Katie. You're obviously doing Facebook ads, which is where I came across you. And then yep. you're doing business visibility and business strategy. What does what does a day look like for you? Um, quite varied, which is how I kind of like it. Um, I work with solely female service-based um, businesses on the whole, people that are looking to grow their list, um, become more visible. I don't do anything organic. It is purely the Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, there's various different strategies for that, whether someone's doing a free training or challenge, free masterclasses, um, free downloads and that type of thing, so launches. Um, the mentoring and strategy side of things. I suppose I've always done a, I've always done the mentoring for quite a long time. The strategy, although I've done an element of that, I've recently taken a certification in that just to add another string to my bow, really, and something else that I offer um, because I love watching women kind of grow. So I do quite a lot of oh, that's the aim as well. More and more VIP days with people that are quite intense um days either in person or online when spending 10 or four with them whether we're looking at their ads their launches or their business strategy and planning that out looking at the gaps and then trying to help them find solutions and planning to fill to fill those gaps and a lot of it does come down to lack of visibility or wanting to be more visible or having a fear around visibility or not knowing where to go to become extra visible so it's an awful lot of i spend an awful lot of my time doing that sort of stuff directly and intensely with people, um, planning out that visibility piece. Definitely. So what would be your top five tips on visibility then for a business owner such as a flower farmer? Yeah, I have prob- I've probably said most of them, to be honest, as I've been rabbiting on. Um, so show up as you. Make sure you have that strategy. We'll say them a bit quicker because um, I've probably rabbited on. So show up as you is one of my main kind of tips and show your personality. Have a strategy or a plan in place rather than trying to wing it. 
Um, do share behind the scenes tips, the real and the raw. People absolutely love that sort of stuff, having that insight into your life of what goes on behind the scenes. Do set up your freebies and your funnels and make sure you're linking those everywhere as well. Don't don't be shy to share these things. What often happens is people share something once and then they kind of shy away, especially if they've got nothing from it or nobody's signed up. Um, they kind of go, oh, I can't share that again. That's embarrassing. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. So stop thinking everyone is watching everything. Don't be afraid to show up um, fairly regularly as well because most people won't see everything. We could share the same thing on Instagram, Facebook, on stories as well as the feeds, in our email list, on a podcast, on a blog. Not everyone is going to read or watch or listen to every single one of those pieces of content. So don't be afraid to uh, repurpose your messaging as well. I think we overthink doing things differently. The messaging is going to be pretty much the same throughout your business. And that's okay to keep sharing different versions of that or different variations. Um, Show up where your ideal clients are. We spoke about leveraging other people's audiences. So masterclasses, podcasts, summits, workshops, share your expertise. Don't be afraid to share some real golden nuggets as well. A lot of people show up on masterclasses really wishy-washy talk about themselves share very something very very fluffy and then kind of dis- you know do a bit of a sale and disappear it's just boring give someone something tangible don't be afraid because if you give something for free people kind of think oh if they're given that for free what are they going to give if i work with them and it's you that they work with or that whatever the next step is um you know with the flower farmers don't be afraid to share some of that knowledge um because people will that will grow your expertise and your authority in the area as well. So that really, really helps build um, people's knowledge of you and also that you are the go-to. And, oh, actually, this person really knows their thing, so I'm definitely going to go to them. Um, And link everything everywhere. You know, use your personal profile if that's part of your strategy. Make sure you're linking in your bios everywhere. Have bios set up everywhere. If you're having a website, link things everywhere. And don't be afraid to kind of give people the next step. If you want these, come and get them. Hit click here, check this, buy here. Don't forget to put those call to actions on. Again, a lot of people will share stories and stuff and just never have the call to action or the buy now because they're scared of actually asking for it as well. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The small business. Do reels get you reeling? Is SEO just a three letters put together? Content planning something you know you should be doing, but just never get round to it. Do join our growth club online. What is it? It's a supportive community. It's all about growing your business. It provides trainings and guest speakers join us every month. Is it time to work on your business and not in it? The link for more information is in the show notes. Yeah, it's about scared about asking for the sale. You know, it's kind Absolutely. of like, that's, I've been a sales director, so for me that's quite natural at the end of the conversation to say, oh, and okay, um, I'll send you the proposal, and when will you be making a decision, and can I give yeah. you a call back and ask for it? Because actually someone else will if you don't yeah and that probably doesn't come natural I would say for most people um you know because we kind of shy away from it a little bit and also even sometimes stating the obvious of the next step or what they need to do now you know you can lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink as the saying goes and it is so true you do need to spoon feed a lot of the time make it super obvious yeah I agree I agree 
Um, so if you weren't a business strategist or Facebook ads and all the things Ooh. you do, Katie, what would you be doing? What was your childhood dream? What were you going to oh, do? Oh, God knows. Um, I think I always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. Started like little, you know, kiddie businesses with friends and things. Uh, always wanted to make my own money. So I worked from about the age of 12. Um, always been a really hard worker. Love working. Um, always loved seeing that money come in that I did. Yeah. I think I, I went between being a midwife and a um, hostess and physiotherapist. Quite a lot of the time it was medical led. And I did three weeks voluntary. And my local hospital absolutely hated it and decided <laughs> it wasn't for me. And then did my A-levels. And at the time, there was no university degree kind of saying how to be an entrepreneur, how to start your own businesses. I'm sure there's multiple out there now, but they, they didn't really exist. So I was like just eager to get stuck into business so um, or into work, I should say. So I went to work for, I think, eight months and then the opportunity came up to run my own business when I was 18. So kind of jumped to that and then never really looked back. Like I said, I went into employment for a few years, but always back to self-employment. Yeah, yeah. So who's inspired you, would you say, now in your career? Who's inspired you? I'm really rubbish with names and remembering things. So um, I think there's lots of people. I read a lot um, and I'll absorb everything or some of it, take what I want and, and not what I want. I'm rubbish at remembering the names of people that I've read. So, I mean, someone like one of the first books, I suppose, um, I say businessy, businessy stroke kind of mindset and everything else was Denise Duffield Thomas' Get Rich Lucky Bitch. And I just resonated with it because it was written in such a relatable way that I could understand. Um, So something like that really stuck on my brain. And the last book that I just finished reading at the weekend um, was a book by Claire Sweet. I forget the name of it, Um, but it's about living life. She's a financial advisor and her knowledge is just outstanding, but it's very, very practical. And she explains things again in a way that, is easy to understand rather than I'm not into kind of complicated bamboozling things. It just goes over my head. I like things kind of really simplistically explained. So check out Claire Sweet if um, you want to learn about kind of investing and making your money grow and work for you. So that's probably one of the better books that I've read recently. Um, lots of the usual people, you know, Stephen Bartlett, Marie Forleo, Lisa Johnson, um, Fempreneur podcast, lots of different things like that. I, I'd listen to a lot. I read a lot, but I am rubbish with remembering everyone's names. Yeah, so me too. I do. I do exactly that. I read <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I find, I actually like Steve Bartlett. People say, yeah, I do. Some love him and hate him, but I find some of his, um, I love his podcasts for sure. Yeah. Um, so um Going on to that, do you listen to any other podcasts? Do you listen to? Probably just Stephen Bartlett, um, Fempreneur, and I do listen to Lisa Johnson's um, if I'm kind of walking occasionally. I'm not the biggest podcast listener. I go through phases and stages where I'll absorb a lot more. Um, and I remember you know, back last year, I go through phases of doing early morning walks. And back last year, I was I used to just put on like stuff like Tony Robbins and just motivational stuff in the background, almost subliminally, to be honest, just to keep me walking rather than going back and having a coffee. So, yeah, stuff like anything that is inspirational, to be honest, and uplifting. I, I quite like anything like that. Mel Robbins, I like anything that is just uplifting. I came across this year, um, Roxy Nafusi. Have you ever come across her? I don't She's- think so, no. Hate this word manifestation, but she did. She has written a book called Manifestation, and it doesn't really mean manifestation. It just means because for me, manifestation is you think you're going to have a Ferrari by next Friday, and you think about it, <laughs> it arrives. It kind of doesn't happen like that. But it was more yeah. about 
goal setting and quite logical steps and it was yeah. very logically written um and she's the first book she i wrote I, it's kind of a holiday read which i enjoy and then secondly i then she's done another one called dive deeper into manifestation and it's so out of my comfort zone, which I think is probably yep. what to do, but I really enjoyed it. And people who've read it have gone, yeah, it isn't really a manifestation. It should really be just called goal setting or want to yeah. change life or if this is what you want, go after it kind of thing. It shouldn't really be called manifestation. It's kind of, it's got a bit of a rap, that word, manifestation. Yeah. So it's spiritual and it's not really going to happen quite as quickly as that. Yeah. But it's, it's taking those steps, isn't it, towards these things and, and, you know, if I say to people all the time, if there's one thing I can advise is just start taking steps no matter how small because a year goes by so quickly and you can literally be in the same place. If you have taken even small steps towards your goal, um, then you are going to be partway to that destination no matter what, you're going to be down that path. So, yeah, it's it, it goes back to visibility and showing up, but taking the steps as well and just doing something rather than nothing that's right because a lot of flower farmers start it up as a side hustle because it, yeah. it is impossible to have a full-time job and decide that you're going to leave your full-time job on friday and make money as a flower farmer on monday it isn't yeah. gonna happen because you've got to put the stuff in the soil you've got to create your market you take it's it's not an easy product it's not a product that's that you can do that from and i always say to people please transition have your yeah. You need X amount of salary, then drop one day a week. Then just do it and see if it's for you. Then drop two days a week and replace that two days with the income you could be making of flower farming. Mm -hmm. I'm an absolute avid believer of transitioning. In the same way, take a step, just do it. If, yeah. if your dream is to have a flower farm, then please don't dream about it for the next 10 years. Start to think about how you can make yeah. that reality now. Incorporate uh, it into your existing life. and Absolutely. Yep. Any thoughts on future plans, Katie? What comes next for you? Um, I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing. Um, I would like to be doing what I'm doing living in Spain, though. So for yes. me, yeah, it's a, that personal goal um, of kind of because I've built this business that I can work from anywhere, I feel a bit wasted still sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I feel, yeah. why not? So, but yeah, that's the next step, I think, is continuing to build up and do what I do. And obviously, I've added that strategy element. Um, I might look to, to get into corporate a little bit. Um, I love working with entrepreneurs. So it'll be corporates that sponsor kind of um, containers of stuff with entrepreneurs. But um, doing that from potentially um, Spain rather than the UK for a little bit, just to mix it up and yeah, see what that brings. Lots more VIP days, um, which I just love working intensely. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. We'll probably that's see kind of the future. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just <laughs> like the winter, definitely in Spain. Um, but then uh, we've talked about this, and I have the advantage of yep. having an Irish passport, so I'm okay. You do big advantage. <laughs> yeah, I spoke to my husband, and I said he would have to become the digital nomad. So we're still looking at that Spanish digital. Well, nomad. he can still, yeah, me too. But he can still travel under yours. Don't forget, because he can have the same rights as you under your Irish passport. Can he? So, he can stay there. Can yeah, he? absolutely. Yeah. So you're in a, we're trying to get my husband's Italian passport, but it's a long process. So, yeah, yeah. other than that, the digital nomad. Yeah. My children have both got theirs. I mean, it does take a long process. So you've just got to get. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm in that process. I had to ring, ring and find out what, what my grandparents' date of birth was. 
So, I mean, who knows about this date of birth when she's not around anymore? It's kind of yeah. like, so you've just got to do those exactly. things. Exactly. We could both yes. be in Spain with the life that we absolutely. want. Absolutely. Yes, so, absolutely. Why not? So the last bit of advice to listeners would be, what would be your last piece of advice? Do it. Just do it. Like, why are you waiting? Your tomorrow isn't promised to anybody. So stop, you know, chasing the dreams and try and make them part of your reality. Absolutely. So thank you very much for coming over, Katie. It's really thank you for having me. All your handles and all the ways people can contact you are in the show notes. And I'd, yeah, it's great as always. I could talk all day. <laughs> thank you for having me, Rose. Thank you. I look forward to next week's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast app. We do have some wonderful free resources on our website at thecutflowercollective.co.uk. We also have two free Facebook communities, which we'd love you to join. For farmers or those who want to be flower farmers, we have Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business. And our other free Facebook group is Learn with the Cut Flower Collective for those starting out on their flower journey. All of the links are below. I look forward to getting to know you all.